All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News, and he joins me now. Hi, Keith. Good morning. Okay, so tomorrow now shaping up as a big day with the travel restrictions set to be unveiled by the province, and we're going to get some of the details about mm-hmm. what exact, where you can go, uh, what is the definition of essential travel, how this is going to work, and I think very significantly these police roadblocks, if they're going to be set up at the ferry terminal or on the Coquihalla or Highway 1, we, I just interviewed this morning the president of the union at the RCMP who said this is going too far. It's an overreach. The RCMP doesn't have the resources to do it anyway. Effect is saying they were blindsided on it. They were not consulted. Effectively calling on the province to back off. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm not sure on the resource side. They do uh, mount counterattack campaigns for a number of weeks, and there's no complaints about that. And I don't think they're actually going to see a, a heavy police presence in this. This is, again... The most populated regions, the two health authorities, are basically merged into one, Vancouver Coastal and Fraser. There's no roadblocks in, within municipal boundaries. Yeah, so they're not going to set up a roadblock on, like, Boundary no, Road, no, which no. is, like, the border between the two health authorities. No, there's going to be a, a, probably a checkpoint at um, Coquihalla, uh, Highway 1. It's basically the routes you take to go, to go traveling, to go into the interior, and those are the two. Are they going to stop everybody? Hope Princeton. Um, well, this is the again, thing I'm we, confused about. Yeah, we don't know that. We also don't, and what I think more key is what is essential. That's yeah. the, that's the email I get more than anyone. People, A lot of people don't mind going through a, a, a checkpoint, but they want to know, can I go for certain purposes? And the, the definition of essential has not been clearly defined. Also, the ferries, I think, are going to probably see more of a police presence because the Ferry Workers Union has made it clear they have no intention of enforcing something because they could potentially put their members in harm's way with some of these people who, uh, anti-maskers, for example, have been quite belligerent to ferry employees already. And if they're told they can't bring their their trailer on on uh, the board, there's probably going to be a what confrontation there. What if you drive up just in like a minivan or a sedan? Are they going to ask you where you're going? We and don't what know. You're doing? We don't know. We're, we're going to find that out tomorrow. Yeah. Devil's I mean, in the details. Uh, Mike Farmer sketched some of those details out yesterday. No random police checks. No no no. Uh, you know checks on Boundary Road, for example, merging the health authorities into one, and basically mentioning the Coquihalla Highway one on ferries. Yeah, Highway 1, also the Hope-Princeton Highway, yeah. he also mentioned specifically. It's interesting to look at what's going on in Ontario, where the Doug Ford government had brought in some extraordinary police measures to stop people and ask them where they're going. There was a backlash against that from the police themselves, so they mm-hmm. were not going to enforce this. He backed down right away. And this morning, Ford, very emotional news conference, where he apologized for this. Let's listen to a little bit of that. Here's the Ontario Premier. We move fast to put in measures in place to reduce mobility but we move too fast. And I know that some of those measures, especially around enforcement, they went too far. Simply put, we got it wrong. We made a mistake. Okay, as Ford speaking this morning, uh, do you think the BC government's watching closely what has unfolded here in Ontario? They don't want to make the same mistakes? Oh, yeah, to, you... to a point, but we're nowhere near doing what Ontario did. Um, we're still doing districts. roadblocks, though. Well, again, we're not anywhere near what Ontario did. I mean, they, they how is have, it different? Because they have r- random police checks yeah. closing the borders with police at the borders. Uh, yeah. We don't have that in BC. And again, uh, they also have a stay-at-home order. Yeah. Uh, they also have closure of so many businesses. So we're nowhere near Ontario in terms of what's being proposed here. Okay, a lot of people are looking at this and saying, look, instead of stopping me on the Coquihalla and asking me where I'm going, if I'm going to my cabin or whatever, why don't you guys do something about the airports and maybe stop the flights coming in from India where like COVID is like out of control, 300,000 cases a day. Let me play this for you. This is uh, federal conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. The federal government must temporarily suspend flights 
from hotspot countries immediately. This will buy us time to develop a clear set of parameters for identifying the risks of emerging variants and sharing this information clearly with Canadians. Okay, I think he's on to something here and maybe uh, keying well, into the public attitude and sentiment. My, on it. my email inbox is certainly filled up with this issue more than any other issue in the last 48 hours. As the cases in India really uh, escalate, where that new variant, the, the double mutant oh. variant from India, now has been uh, picked up in BC, it's not yet labeled a variant of concern. We have a number of variants in BC. They're labeled to be variants of concern when there's evidence that it transmits, is more transmissible but to a significant degree than other variants. Also, that if it leads to more severe illness than other variants, it becomes a variant of concern. We've got UK variant, we've got the Brazilian variant, we've got the South African variant. We do have this one in BC. It hasn't been labeled a variant of concern, but I think that's probably just a matter of time. Okay, well, it certainly looks like it should be something of concern, especially when you look at the caseload going on in India right now. I mean, it's uh, we out of control. But it has not been established uh, totally that that variant is responsible for the cases, in, uh, all the cases in India. Okay. Pressure mounting, though, on Trudeau to yeah. ground these flights, right? We're, and by the way, we're going to play an interview coming up later, an exclusive sit-down with Trudeau and Global News reporter Richard Zussman, and we'll play uh, highlights of that interview, and, and, and Richard asked the Prime Minister mm -hmm. about this issue, so we'll play that's coming up later. Okay, so but do you think, I don't know, Trudeau sort of giving some hints that maybe there's tougher yep. restrictions coming. He's dropping but I'm not sure he's gonna. I'm not sure he's going to ground these flights, though. Well, it's interesting. We grounded the flights from the U.K., if you recall, when yep. the U.K. variant suddenly emerged, and that was in place for, for some time. Uh, I think the pressure's mounting on the federal government to do something on, on, on the borders, on the airports. Again, you go back to the beginning of this. The B.C. government was the first to call for the border with the U.S. to be closed. It took Trudeau a while to do that. It'll be yeah. interesting whether the B.C. government now pushes to close that uh, YVR to flights from India, but they're not there yet. Okay, so make sure you keep it locked here. We'll play some of that uh, highlights of that Trudeau-exclusive interview coming up a little later in the show. Let's talk about COVID caseload in B.C. right now, Keith, and let's... Uh uh, listen to Adrian Dix here, the health minister, talking about a young person who passed away from COVID. Have a listen. Whether you're in your 20s or you're younger or your 30s or your 40s, COVID-19 can be vicious. We've seen this in this case, which I think came out in the weekly summaries, the statistic that you're talking about of the person passing away. This case, as in all cases of young people who pass away, is particularly tragic. And, uh, and while I can't speak of the details of the case, I can say that everybody, especially everybody who's clinically vulnerable and everyone who gets an opportunity to get vaccinated, when your turn comes, get uh, vaccinated with the vaccine that you're offered. Okay, what can you tell us about this particular case of this young person? Do we know? No, we don't know no. anything. We don't. Well, how old was this person? In their twenties. In their twenties. This is the first person in their twenties to pass away. We've got yeah. fourteen people in their thirties have passed away. That number has gone up significantly since December. Again, we don't know if this person had an underlying health condition. It could very well be, but there's never any details uh, released with deaths. Right, and you heard him. You heard him pivot there at the end saying, like, look, get vaccinated, take the first vaccine you can. So for people over 40 eligible now to find the, if you can find the AstraZeneca vaccine in a pharmacy, and that's he's been, encouraging you to take it. That's Don't become wait. an issue on Vancouver Island. Well, I can't find it. I'm looking everywhere for yeah. it. I can't find it. So one. you're being penalized because we have a disproportionately higher number of uh, Pfizer and Moderna doses sent here because our population is older. Um, yeah. And so we have a disproportionately fewer number of AstraZeneca sent here. And where the rush was on, I got my AstraZeneca yeah. on Monday, yeah. um, but that was before the over 40 uh, crowd started to uh, try to get appointments. I already had my appointment locked, and now it's just tough 
tough to get that appointment. Uh, you can get be on a waiting list on Vancouver Island, but people in, in Metro Vancouver are having an easier time getting it. Okay, what about we got another update coming this afternoon? What One are you? What are you anticipating? On, on continual escalation in hospitalizations and ICU numbers, we're still seeing the lag effect of the you know we were getting 1,200, 1,300 cases a day, uh, you know, ten two weeks, ten days to two weeks ago. That's still rebounding into hospitalizations. But hopefully, the case is going down a little bit, though, right? Daily cases yeah. are, it went up a bit yesterday, but the okay. daily case number has been going down. Um, we were at almost 1,100, about 10 days ago, or just about 1,020. I haven't done the math from yesterday, but the day before was 1,026, was the seven day rolling average. The other encouraging thing is our positivity rate has been slowly dropping, which is, which is good. But Fraser Health continues to be a real source of concern. The, most of the new hospitalizations are in Fraser Health. They had 25 new ICU cases in 48 hours in Fraser Health, most of that in Surrey and Abbotsford. So that remains the main source of concern in BC. Let me ask you real quickly before we take a break on this issue around sick pay, which is becoming an increasingly hotter Mm -hmm. issue in the country right now. Um, You see provinces kind of pointing a finger at the federal government saying sick sick pay should uh, should be the responsibility of the feds. BC kind of been saying that, Ontario had been saying something similar, but very notably this morning during this emotional news conference that Doug Ford, the Ontario Premier, had, he said, now, well, we got to get on with sick pay here in Ontario. So Ford kind of crumbling on that one. Do you expect BC, we just had a budget here in BC, there was no sick pay provisions in that budget, right? No. Is pressure building on the province here to bring in sick pay for people? No, I, I think they're going to continue to pressure Ottawa. I'm not sure Doug Ford is going to be able to pull this off. He hasn't supplied any details at all. And c- given that Doug Ford seems to be going up and down like a yo-yo when it comes to various policies, whether it's economic or COVID-related, I'm not sure uh, we've got the details from him anytime soon. Okay, you, you don't think the government's going to back? You don't think the government, this government's going to pull a Doug Ford and say, oh, we went too far with these roadblocks? You think they're going to do no. the roadblocks? No, because we haven't seen the roadblocks. But we'll see. Okay. Again, we're talking about two or three uh, uh, highways, which, again, considerable distance out of town. We're not talking about... Again, in Surrey or in uh, in Langley, this okay. is, these are going to be roadblocks that are going to be quite far away for most people. Keith Baldry is with me, Global News Bureau Chief. Baldry's beat. Your calls to him, Jason in the Lower Mainland. Hey, Jason. And Keith, uh, I'm a hunter, and uh, most hunters are might be going through a bit of a meat crisis this time of year, as we've basically gone through most of our freezer meat from last fall's hunting season. And uh, currently, hunting is considered an essential service, hunting for food specifically. And uh, my uh, question is regards to whether or not you think the minister uh, might alter uh, and and declare that hunting is no longer considered an essential service. And and, uh, so that's my question. But also, um, some hunters like myself, we have changed the way we hunt uh, during covid and specifically, I don't hunt with other people. I don't stay in a hotel. I don't stop at uh, gas stations. I bring my own gas. I don't stop at stores. I just drive to my hunting spot. I stay in the forest. I sleep in the back of my truck. I don't interact what are you, with what are you, anybody. What are you hunting for right now? Deer? Uh, black bear. It's black bear. bear. Oh, man. Okay, so if this guy, Keith, if this guy gets stopped at a roadblock and the cop says, where are you going? And he says, I'm going out to bag a black bear. <laughs> Are they going to let him go through and say, okay, you go, you're go, you fine. Go ahead. You're essential. You know, I, I, I don't know, know. I didn't know hunting was essential. Now, I do note that food, um, food cons- uh, purchases and food consumption has been considered an essential all along. That's why restaurants were kept open, 
because of, of the food. So if this guy says, I need to go get my bear meat, f- fill up well, my freezer, are they going to let him go through? I don't know. We'll see. I don't That's, know. I, I'm not I don't sure know. farmers anticipating that question. Oh, okay. Maybe someone will ask him tomorrow. Sharon and Mission. Hey, Sharon. Hi. Hi. I, I just wanted to say absolutely they have to cancel those flights coming from India immediately. Yeah, well, it's interesting. We'll see what Trudeau does here, but you know, so far he seems to be res- kind of resisting it, but he might be kind of he's weakening. Op- he's opened the window. There's yeah. no question. He says it's it's being you know this these airport restrictions are being considered. I know again they closed the flights to the UK uh, when the UK variant was first discovered, so it wouldn't be without precedent. And I do think public sentiment is rising here. Well, yeah, and especially when you take a look at how many. <laughs> Like 300,000 a day in India? It was like 200,000 a couple of days ago. Yeah, India and you know. Brazil, really hard hit. But the thing that Trudeau keeps repeating, though, is, well, we got one of the toughest restrictions in the world. You're not allowed to get on a plane and come to Canada unless you test negative for COVID. And then you got to have the, the mandatory hotel quarantine. The wow. problem is sometimes you get a false negative. Like some people, and people or, you, or you get COVID after you take the test and you show up to Canada, you're positive. Well, and people are ignoring the quarantine rules. Right, so yeah. A story, I think, last week of just more than 100 people just choosing to ignore That's right. The yeah, to hell with your hotel. I'm not yep. going to your hotel. Okay, well, there's pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on Trudeau here now. Noah in North Van. Hi, Noah. Hey, Mike. i uh, just mind-blown at how slow they are to learning from their mistakes. Like, I, You can give a little bit of grace at the beginning of the pandemic when they had no idea what it was and everything was new territory, but we know what's going on. Like, You look at Australia. They shut down flights. You weren't able to go into Australia um, one of my buddies, his girlfriend's in Australia, and they were planning to go together to Australia, and now he can't go. Like they shut, he can't go with her, even if they were to get married, they can't go to Australia. So, or, yeah, I'm inter- sorry. But, okay, uh, thanks. International travel's always been a, a bit of a puzzle through this whole thing because it, it has not really been diminished that much. I know uh, someone tweeted the other day: Turkish Airways are now sponsoring some ad campaign. Uh, three flights a week from YVR to Istanbul. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, again, I'm not sure this is the time to really be uh, emphasizing international travel. Okay, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Sharon and Burnaby. Hi, Sharon. Well, I'm just tired of listening to all the BS. They aren't enforcing the rules they have already. Now they're going to add more rules. They have given people out fines, and they've only collected 10% of the fines. People look at it, and they just go, oh, well, you know, it doesn't apply to me. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just you can make the fines $20,000 if you're not going to collect them then there's no point. It's just wasting your time. And as far as I'm concerned, stopping the flights from India, the barn door is already open. We've got 39 cases in B.C., and those 39 cases, what if they didn't self-isolate? Now we've got it spreading here and there, and all these people who live in these large family groups. I mean, I'm tired of listening to it. Thank Thank you for the call. Yeah, so on the enforcement side, Mike Farmers has indicated there is going to be legislation coming in on to, to address this issue of refusing to pay fines. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, we've speculated before, you and I, about maybe tying this to renewing your driver's license or car insurance. Uh, but there seems to be legislation coming on that. How many of those people that are partying down in those raves on, on Kitts Beach have got a driver's license, though? And what know. if you don't have a driver's license? It's just party on. Well, again, we don't know what it's going to look like. There's supposed to be some measure to ensure that people... But again, if legislation comes in and suddenly you go from 10% to pay to 80% pay, that's an improvement. Yeah.